Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. It is wonderful to be here this morning. I hope everyone was able to find a seat. We do have some seats. Our young, some of our yeah, young adults are on um, a retreat this weekend, a leaders retreat, um, and so we have their open row. They're not here, and so if you do, if you're brave enough to come sit in the front, you're welcome to come up here. We do have a few extra seats and everything. But thank you all so much for coming. And um, my handsome hubby is watching via live stream because our incredible media team has made that possible and set that up. Thank you. But y'all can lift your hands really high and wave, and he can see them. So we love you so much. We miss you and get better so that you can get up here instead of me and, um, and everything. How many of you have never heard me speak before? Lift your hands. Oh, good. Oh, thank you. Well, we're going to have some fun. I tell everybody I'm from the Deep South. They don't give women mics where I'm from. And so uh, it was a change coming to Dallas and seeing this new world. If you're from a, a, a strong denominational background and you're not accustomed to having a woman in the pulpit, I'm just being obedient to my husband. I think that was biblical last I checked. And he's also my boss. So when he tells me, I say, yes, sir, and I do it. And, it, and um, that, of course, me being silly, but it is an honor to be up here. Getting to speak to people and share the gospel should feel very, just a bit overwhelming and uh, like a big task, like driving a big busload of very precious cargo. Uh, getting to speak to you and being in a pulpit that is not one that you're in every week should also feel like driving a, a Porsche Panamera, which I didn't even know what it was until I saw one the other day. They're gorgeous. I didn't know they made big Porsches. They're so beautiful. So um, it is an honor and a privilege to be here, and I'm so very grateful to be here. We've had an exciting weekend already at Church on the Hill, and we had an encounter retreat. If, was anybody there? Raise your hand if you were on the encounter retreat this weekend. It was absolutely awesome. I heard great feedback from it, and I, we did want to share with you one of the testimonies. There were many, but one really special testimony that, um, that happened on the weekend. So I'm going to ask my friend Tracy to come up. If any of you know Tracy, you know that she's a servant and her heart is so big and you also know that she can't stand to speak in front of people. And so it is a big deal. That's how much she loves you and how much she is excited about what God did in her heart to come and share with you this morning. So I'm going to ask Tracy to come. Y'all give her a hand as she gets up here. Thank you. There are a few more of you than first service. (laughs) It's so my first service, you get to get a little used to it, and then second. So. Um, we had um, Pastor Ryan and Pastor Jonathan talk about breaking sin habits and baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the one thing that I noticed firsthand, that there were sin habits that were being broken. Mm-hmm. It was just beautiful to look around and see tears falling from people's eyes and praying out and begging God to just take this from them. And so I went into this as a leader. I went into, I was coming in to pray with people, to minister to people, to whatever God needed me to do. And so I wasn't really going, you know, expecting this to be something that I would receive also. And so baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that's relatively new to me. And I have a friend, she's in church today too, that prayed with me. Um, because it was something that I wanted. I'm like, yeah, I want that power. I want, I want to, my life to look like that. And yet after we prayed, I'm just like, wow, I don't, I don't know if that happened. I don't know if I feel any differently. I don't know if that power is 
in me. And then I thought, well, maybe then that's just really not something that God's going to give to me. Um, that's for other people. And so I just kind of put it out of my mind and kind of just didn't really put too much thought into it. And so at the encounter yesterday, um, a girl came up to me, which she's in church right now too. Um, she came up to me and it was what she wanted prayer for. She wanted the Holy Spirit. And I'm just standing there thinking, can I pray for someone to receive the Holy Spirit when I'm not entirely sure that I've received and so it's not like we have to have like this secret formula. There's no special code. They're just, we don't have to be super Christians. We don't have to be super anything because it's not anything we can do. Right. It's not by my power. It wasn't by anything other than I allowed God to speak through me. And my simple prayer for her was, Holy Spirit, come, come. Mm -hmm. And after we prayed, like, I just couldn't stop hugging her. I just couldn't stop looking at her. I'm just like, I don't even know you. And so when I sat down and I realized, I'm just kind of looking around and I'm like, something happened. Something just happened. And I have absolutely no idea what happened. I don't know, but I don't have to know. God knows. And so I went over and talked to her a little bit later, and I said, I don't know if that was for you. I don't know if that was for me. I don't know if that was for both of us. But I said, that right there, when we prayed, that, that was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was present. The Holy Spirit is alive. Yeah. And he is moving in church on the hill. And so the one thing that I want you to know, you don't have to be anything because God, God has already created you to be who you are. And so it's his power. So we don't have to be anything special because we're already special because he created us. And so all we have to do is open our hands and open our hearts and receive. And so the Holy Spirit is for you and that power can be alive in yeah. you too. So good. Thank you. Thank you. Love you so much. You did so good. You can give that to him. I love that. It's, it's so important to us that we have these moments at Church on the Hill, whether it's in our small groups or our encounter retreats or in different things that we offer, where you can really connect and where people can pray with you and where the Lord can, it, they can be uh, mile markers of, a, of your life changed. It's very important. So that's incredible. Well, if you were here last week, you know that we started a series called Look and See. Before that, we did a series called Who is Jesus? It was absolutely incredible. If in, and if you have a chance, you can go back and listen to the podcast. I'm not a big podcast person, like people that subscribe to them and all that. I don't have a lot of podcasts because I typically have children interrupting me with questions at every, um, every minute, so I don't really get to actually listen to them. But yesterday, I did get to hear the podcast, and it was fascinating. So if you get a chance and you want to hear last week's, it's available online. But we talked about how as we start the new year off, we want to look and see what the Lord has for us, both it, whether it's spiritually or relationally or, or physically. We want to see, Lord, what do you see in us? And Pastor Adam had a mirror up here where we can say, you know what, this is what we see right now. This is what it seems like life is. Maybe we're really not thrilled 
with how we see ourselves in this moment. Maybe you really beat yourself up and you're daily disappointed in, what, in, in, your, in who you are and what you want to be. But guess what? That's not how the Lord sees us. So he wants us to look and see how we can be. And if you remember, if you were here last week, we've got this mannequin with like rock hard abs and all that kind of thing. Because in the spirit, the Lord has plans for us to be different at the end of 2016 than we were in the beginning. But we have to look and see. So we were all given a set of binoculars. Does anybody, I left mine down saying, does anybody have their binoculars with them? If you didn't get some last week and you want some more, we have them. You can just lift your hand. We do have some extras still left. We can bring you some binoculars. Because it's so fun that we need to look ahead. We need to look with the eyes of God and see what he has for us. We learned about Elisha and how he and his intern or his servant were found themselves surrounded by an enemy army. But Elisha didn't seem to be too concerned about it. And his intern was really freaking out. But Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes and let him see what I see. Let him see that greater are those that are for us than those that are against us. And his, and his eyes were open and he saw an army of God surrounding them and fighting on their behalf. And so we can get so overwhelmed with life's circumstances and what we see as we just look at our natural world. But what he wants us to see is the spiritual world and the support that we have in the heavenlies around that. Amen? And so we talked about that as we set our resolutions for the year, we're not going to base them on what's right in front of us. We're going to base them on what God has for us as we look forward. This week, we're going to talk about the spiritual you. Like I said, next week will be the relational you. And then the third week will be the physical you. That making sure that our bodies last as long as the will of God has for us to last. Because he's got lots of great things planned for us. The scripture we're going to start with today is found in 1 Kings chapter 18. And verse 41. Let's read it together. And Elijah said to Ahab, Go, eat and drink, for there is a sound of heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. Go and look towards the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There is nothing, he said. Seven times Elijah said, Go back. The seventh time the servant reported, A cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Join me in prayer, shall shall we? Father, we just love you so much. We just thank you for this wonderful day. Father, I thank you for each and every individual that woke up this morning, got out here, and came to church on the hill. Father, I thank you that you have special things in planned in store for us, not just for this morning, but for all of 2016. So, Lord, open our eyes so that we don't see what's right in front of us, but we can look and see, Father, what you have prepared for us, the great things you have in store for us, Father, and the big things you want to do in our lives. Lord, we just love you, and we thank you for this in advance. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 So in in the context of this scripture, let me just back you up and explain a little bit before this. So three years prior to this, Elijah, the prophet of Israel, made a declaration, and he said, it's not going to rain in Israel. That was pretty pretty bold statement. And it wasn't one that made him very popular because rain's pretty necessary for people that are farmers. So he he subsequently ran and hid for a long time because I don't think he was going to win a popularity contest at that point. So for three years, it did not rain in Israel at all. 
But that did not turn the hearts of Israel back to the Lord. In fact, they continued to worship other gods. So one morning, the Lord woke up Elijah and said, go and declare to King Ahab, who was a very wicked king, go and declare it's about to rain. And so he went and declared that. But before he did, he had a little bit of house cleaning to do. He said, I tell you what, I want you to get all the prophets of Baal, and we're going to go on a mountain, and we're going to see who the true God is. He was going to prove once and for all the God that was powerful and the God that was a fake. And many of you know the story. The prophets of Baal tried with all their might, but they could not call on Baal to come and show up. And then Elijah called on the, prophet, uh, called on the Lord, who came down with fire, just soaked up all the altars, consumed everything. And do you know what the people said? The Lord is God. They were convinced the Lord is God after that point. They were so encouraged that they then went, they killed all the prophets of Baal. And what we would call an old time revival happened in Israel at that point. uh, Something happened inside of the hearts of Israel, preparing them for what God was going to do that was even bigger. And so then it was time to believe for rain. So Elijah climbed Mount Carmel, it says, and it says he put his head between his knees. Now, many scholars believe that's because Elijah was extremely out of shape and had not been exercising. I'm kidding. He went up to the mountain to pray. And as he began to close his eyes and not look at what he could see in the mirror, which was drought and death and destruction from three years of no rain, what he began to do when he closed his eyes is see what the Lord saw, which is rain that was on the horizon. And so now, not only did he do that, but he began to teach his servant to look with the eyes of God. And he tells his servant, go and look. Go and see, is rain coming? His servant goes, he comes back, there's no rain. He says, go look again. He does it again, he comes back, no rain. Seven times he tells this young man, go and look. Now maybe seven, some kind of magic number. Personally, I think it's like when grandma's coming to visit for Christmas and your kids won't stop bugging you about it. So you tell them, go and look out the window. They'll be here really soon. Does any other parent do that? It's great. You can get like a whole hour out of them. It's wonderful. And so go and see, go and look for rain. And the servant's eyes went from looking in the mirror to looking from what God sees. And he says, I see a cloud. It's not very big, but I see a cloud rising. And Elijah said, that's it. Go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot because it's about to get really muddy around here. And I love that because the Lord did a work inside the hearts of the people of Israel as well as brought rain. And that's what is so important that we want you to really understand today is that the Lord is saying, this year, I'm going to rain in your life. I'm going to do really big things inside your heart and also in your world around you. But I need you to see it. I need you to see where I'm taking you because if we only see the mirror, if we only see our circumstances, it can get really discouraging. We think this is all I am. I'm not going to ever be more than this. But then if you, if you get alone, that's why we love the song in the garden. Because when you get alone with the Lord, he reminds you of what he has for you. He reminds you the person that he called you to be, that he anointed you to be. And we just have to We have to look and see with our spiritual eyes. And that's why you even have those binoculars. Last week, you may have written something on those. This week, write something on that and say, this is what I'm going to do when I look and see. Last week, I wrote on mine, see the best, because I'm not always good at that. Sometimes I see the worst case scenario and not the best. But I committed, as I have my little binoculars with me, I'm going to see the best. I'm going to look for the best in every situation. And so you've got to ask yourself, "What what does that look like for me? 
What does it look like to be a spiritual man? What does a spiritual man or woman look like? What, that, it's such a, a broad term. We hear the term walk in the spirit or be spiritual, and, and it's so hard to understand many times. But you know what? It's quite simple, and it's, it happens on the inside and on the outside. The Lord may want to give you more compassion for people. That may look as simple as that when you're in a checkout line, the person on the other side of that checkout is not just somebody there to scan, but it's somebody who needs ministry and needs prayer. Last week, I was checking out Walgreens, and I must have had my church clothes on still, or I don't know what, because the lady just began to talk to me. She just began to tell me all about her life and how she really wishes she was going to church and and everything like that. And I had a choice in that moment. I could have said, "Uh uh-huh, that's great. Thanks. I got to go. I got to go. Or I could have stopped and just stopped what what I was doing and see this person's need in that moment. And we had a great talk together. And no, I didn't ask her to raise her hands and lay hands on her right there in her checkout line. I didn't want her, whoever was watching on her camera to get in trouble, get her in trouble. But I said, you know what? I'm going back to my car. And when I get to my car, I'm going to pray for you right then. I'm going to stop and I'm going to pray that God changes your circumstances so that you can fulfill the desires of your heart. Maybe that's what the next stage of spiritual looks like for you. Maybe it's cultivating your time alone with the Lord each and every day. Each and every day, he wants you to pull aside. That doesn't mean it has to look like what somebody else does. You've got to find out what does that time with the Lord look like for me? I have friends. They have been praying every morning at 5 a.m. for 10 years in a row. Every morning at 5 a.m. I've slept every morning at 5 a.m. for 10 years in a row, but I've not prayed. But you know what I've done as a mom of three? It's any moment I can find that's quiet. Any time I can find. It's stopping in the car and not going inside just yet. Because the questions will be there, you know, when you get there. But taking that moment to say, Lord, I just want to give this moment to you. It's when you wake up before your alarm goes off. And you say, Lord, reset my heart right today. Set my heart thinking about you and not the problems and not the worries. Yes, you've got a test today. Yes, you have a big thing to do. But what is, what is he trying to do? He's trying to reset your heart in that moment, finding those times with him. Maybe you already do that. Maybe he is calling you to a consistent quiet time each and every day and, and developing the discipline it takes to do that. Boy, we sure do schedule meals, don't we? We're great at scheduling that. But it's tougher sometimes when it comes to scheduling our time with him. You know what? Maybe you are walking through something right now and you feel like the only way you're getting through your day is to medicate. Maybe you're literally tied to a substance that you know the Lord's like, hey, I want you to let that go. I think you can lay that down and I can be big enough for you today. You can make it today without the, 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 the alcohol or without that whatever that is because I can be bigger and, and it's not about a religious do's and don'ts. It's about the Lord saying, I see you for so much more than what you're, you're, you're giving into. You're selling yourself short. I have so much more in, in store for you. You know, sometimes we all go through seasons where we struggle with sin. And it's a sin that we don't want to share with anybody. And so as a result, the devil puts condemnation on us and says, you know that struggle that you have late at night when nobody knows about it? Yeah, that means you'll never be worthy to lead. You're, you're disqualified, so you just might as well quit now. And so you find yourself saying, well, I'm just not spiritual like those people. 
That's their job. I'm practical. They're spiritual. No, the Lord's called us all to have a a vibrant and a live spirit man. And we have to let, the Lord wants to take off those chains and those bondages that we live in so many so many times so that we can be free, so that we don't walk in condemnation. I can't say that word each and every day. Amen. So he wants to to do that in you. But here's the great thing. It doesn't come from your own strength. If it could have come from your own strength, then we would just all go out and do self-help and we wouldn't have to worry. We would just find a better book or buy a better buy a better pill or whatever it takes. But it's the power of God in us that gives us the strength to do those things. And he is readily available to give us that strength. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12. It says, We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit that it, who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. Just before this, Paul says, the wisest thing that man can ever come up with cannot begin to compare with the silliest idea that the Lord could have. The foolishness of God blows out of the water any of man's wisdom. So you don't need to feel the pressure, but I can't. I can't do my own strength. I can't. Exactly. But the Lord can. This, this person that the Lord has, has ordained and destined for you to be, he is readily waiting to give you all the power and the strength you need to do that. The Spirit of God in you is the one that gives you compassion. It gives you strength. It gives you wisdom. It gives you the ability to be disciplined. All those, those things come from his Spirit. And that's the beautiful thing about it. But, and no matter what, this is not about picking some, some lofty expectation of who you think Church on the Hill has defined as a spiritual person. That's not what we're talking about. When I first became a, a believer and, I started, and then I started going to another church, and boy, the pastor's wife of that church, she was perfect. She was tall and slender, and she always looked perfect, and all of her little six kids were all dressed alike, and her girls like were all perfect with their hair, and she sat on the front row, and she always smiled. She never fussed about anything, and she just smiled, and if her husband said something crazy, she just smiled, and I thought, and if you talked to her, she was always so soft-spoken and so sweet. I thought, okay, that's what I'm supposed to be, right? If I want to be a pastor's wife, okay, I'll practice. Yeah, I was really bad at it. So, and, and I, that's not what the Lord called me to be. And that's not necessarily what the Lord has called you to be. You've got to find out what does the spirit man look like for you? What's a spiritual woman look like for, for you, ladies? That's what you've got to ask yourself. That's what you've got to say. Lord, I know what I see in the mirror. That's easy. That's glaring. But what do you have for me? And that's what I'm, I'm going to do. We've got to keep looking in those binoculars. Like, I love puzzles. I'm a puzzle person. But if all you're looking at is a piece, you don't have a clue what's going on. What do you do? You're always going back to the box right? We're always fighting over who gets to hold the box because that's whoever gets to see what's really going on. That and we, and we all hide the last piece so we can be the person who put the last piece in. Yeah, so now you know my secret. But, um, but, but this year, we're going to figure out what does that look like? So how do we do that? How do we begin to say, what does the spiritual me even look like? Where are we headed? The first thing we have to do, like we said, is you have to look through your spiritual binoculars. You have to say, what has God had for me this year? Take some time and set it aside. I was talking to um, our kids' pastors, Jack and Nicole Clark. And Jack and Nicole, Captain Jack and Miss Nicole, take time every year to set aside and say, what does the Lord have for us this year? What are we doing? 
you are, there is no better investment than to take an evening or take some time and sit down and say, Lord, what do, you, what do you have for me this year? It's a little bit scary. Maybe you've done that before and you find that list later and you're like, oh yeah, I did say I was going to do that, huh? Oops, oh well. But you know what? We can't give up. Each and every year, take a look at your year and say, what do I want to be in this year? What do I want the spiritual me to look like as, as I end up this year, as we, as we close it out? And then write it down. If you write it on your binoculars, if you write it on a piece of paper, whatever it takes, write that down so that you can begin to say, this is what I believe God's going to do in my life this year. Maybe, maybe the Lord's called you to write a novel. Maybe he's called you to write the next Christian bestseller. Maybe not. Maybe he's just called you to not be reactory and to just be, and, and to, to, uh, to change your expressions every time somebody says something that you think is dumb. Maybe he's, maybe he's called you to learn to control your mouth and not use quite so colorful words all the time. You don't know, whatever that is. Maybe it's all of the above. It's not one or the other. It's a culmination of everything the Lord has for us. And you, the Lord is then gonna give you the strength to get there. That's what's so great. You say, yeah, but I don't have the willpower. That's exactly right, you don't. But the Spirit of God in us, 1 Corinthians says, the Spirit of God in us gives us everything we need to be that person. You know, there are times that life feels incredibly overwhelming. And you're like, no, you don't understand. I, I can't do more. And, and your friends will say, oh, sure, you'll be fine. No, 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 you don't understand. I cannot do this. And it's in those moments that we have to say, Lord, I'm done. I'm at the end, but I trust your Spirit to give me strength to this thing. The second thing you have to do is you need to find a biblical character that you connect with. It's no accident that the Bible is full of colorful personalities. There are people all over, all over the word that come from all walks of life, have so many different personalities. You may really have a little bit of a temper. You know what? There's a guy named Samson that did the same thing. Isn't that crazy? And God still used him. Imagine that. You may always pop your mouth off before you mean to and later say, ah, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Let me introduce you to Peter. He was so much like you. Maybe you're really scared of conflict. Well, there was a deliverer of a nation called Gideon that did the exact same thing. And it's not just the men that we find as examples. There's a lady that killed a king while she was home doing housework. That's pretty cool, I think. I think about that when I'm doing housework. I wonder if an enemy king's going to walk in my door and I'm going to drive him through the stake. You never know. Don't think it's going to happen in these days, but who knows. So, but there are stories all over the Bible. And if you will just simply go and look, you will find those people that you feel a connection with. And you can watch the thread of God's hand through their lives in big ways. And you can see that God used imperfect people to change nations. And it's really exciting. One person for me that I just really connected with was Deborah. As I started to consider uh, running for city council and being very involved in the city, people would say, well, what's your motive? What's your goal? What do you, why? Why are you doing this? Are you, are you trying to be in charge of things? Do you have this major, you know, what are you trying to do? Where are you headed? And I really felt with all my heart a connection with Deborah because Deborah was never the leader of the army of Israel, but she was called to instill strength and courage to the men that she was around. That was her role. That was her role. I'm going to, to battle with you, and together we're going to win. And I loved that. I loved that about Deborah. And so I felt that connection with her. So as I would go through the campaigns, and I would say, why am I doing this? What have I done? Why did I decide to run for office? I would remember Deborah and, and, and remember her story and remember that the nation of Israel 
had victory because of the part that she played in that. So find a biblical character that you like and just connect with them. Study, read more about them, and learn about the people of the Bible. It's no accident that Jesus taught in parables that he let us know that he had to live with 12 men for three years. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the conflict? Yeah, it would be crazy. But that's because we can learn from those situations. And the third thing is confide and establish. Confide and establish. As you start to dare to say, you know what, I really think God's got big things for me. Even if they sound crazy, take those things and tell somebody. Confide in someone. Go to your small group, at your small group, and say, I really think God's going to do this this year. And you know what? Great spiritual friends will say, I agree. Now, some may say, ooh, we got a long road ahead of us then. But you know what? They'll say, let's do it. Let's do this together. And and you say, I really think this year the Lord is going to change this about my life. I really think I'm going to get free from this this year. I really think there's a book inside of me. I really want to be a small group leader. All those things, you need to confide in people that you trust. Confide in friends that'll say, I'm with you on this. Together, we're going to do this. And then the next thing you need to do is you need to establish that in your heart. And you establish that by having people pray with you. The Bible talks about the laying on of hands. And that just simply means having people just pray for you, place their hand on you and say, we believe that it starts today, that the big work that God's going to do in you starts today. You know, I was thinking of some precious friends that I think they're here. Are Matt and Cherish here? Stand up, you guys. I want to see you. Yay. This is Matt. Is Cherish with kiddos? Yes. So Matt and Cherish, thank you. They have been in Hawaii. Isn't that great? Yes, thank you. I'm going to tell about you. So you can sit down. I'm going to talk about you. So Matt and Cherish are an incredible couple that love Jesus with all their heart. And about two years now, I believe, they came to Pastor Adam and I, and they said, we feel called to Hawaii. And we said, and we do too. Let's go. <laughs> Amen. We love it. And so, uh, and so after they said, no, we're serious. We feel called to Hawaii. There's a great need. There's a great hurt in the hearts of the people of Hawaii. And we feel called to go. And this is our plan and this is our process. And we said, you know what? Amen. We see it. We agree with you. We confirm that in your life. And then you know what we did? We established that. We prayed together. And we all continued to pray as the Lord would walk out miracles of how they were going to get there and how things were going to happen. That that they confided and established. Their small group prayed with them. They were in the Logan's group. They prayed with them all the time and supported them as they got ready to go and do this thing that God had in their lives. That's how we get to the next places that God has for us. It's how we overcome how overwhelming it feels for what we see in today's tasks, in today's issues, and we see what God has for us as we look through spiritual eyes. It takes those connections with other people, and it's so, so very important. So that's your challenge for this week, that I want you to connect with people, and I want you to share the things that you believe God has for you. I understand. It's scary sometimes. It's scary to tell somebody, I really think this is what God's going to do in my life. Because if they've known you a while, they may go, huh, yeah, I believe that when I see it. But you know what? You need somebody to say yes, and I'll believe it until we see it and after we see it and continue in believing all the way straight through that. That's what we want the Lord to do. That Church on the Hill, is a, we're a different body a year from now than we are now. That God's done stuff in our lives and that we're different people. Isn't that how we want to be? We want to be different as we go forward. We want God to continue to change our lives. Isn't that true? Yes. Amen. Amen. I agree. So just take a moment right now, right where you are, close your eyes so you can think. If you're like me, I get distracted. 
And just ask the Lord, what is it, Father? What kind of things do you want to do in my life? Big and small, Father, what kind of things do you want to do in my life? How do you want to change my life for the better, Lord? Help me to see this, the spiritual me that you've called me to be. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you for each and every person here at Church on the Hill. I thank you, Lord, that you have so much in store for them as individuals. Lord, that 2016 may not be a perfect year, but it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a strong year. Father, I thank you that you are going to do things in us that are going to blow our minds. Lord, I thank you as we look at our little binoculars back in December, we're going to say, oh, that feels like a lifetime ago, and we're so grateful for all the things that you did in our hearts and our lives. As you keep your heads bowed, I just want to pray specifically for somebody, for people that say, you know what, I don't even feel spiritual. You talk about a spiritual me, that person doesn't exist. And that may be because you've never once opened your heart to the Lord, or it may be that that you were on a journey and something really cut in on you and just took you out at the knees. And you're like, I have not dared to believe again that God could do works in my life and do big things in my life. If that's you in either one of those ways, nobody's looking around. If you would just lift your hand and let me pray with you right now, I would love to pray with you about that. I would love to pray that the Lord would give you the strength and the courage. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, thank you. Today starts the day, a, a new spiritual you starts today. This is not for someone else to be. Spiritual is you. The Lord and you have great things planned in the future. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray for each one of my friends that lifted their hands. I thank you, Father, that you would, um, that, Lord, you run to them. Father, you walked here and you walked there, but when it was time for the prodigal, you ran. You ran to them, Father, and you put your arms around them. So, Lord, I just thank you for each and every person that's going to dare to open their hearts to you today. We say, Jesus, we give you our lives. We give you our hearts. We give you our hurts. We give you our fears, Lord. We give you everything about us, Father. And we just trust you. We put our hearts and, and, and our lives in your hands, Father. We ask you to come into our hearts today. And we ask you, Lord, to to be a part of every part of our world, Lord, not just our Sunday morning world, but each and every part of our day. We just ask you to be a part of that. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for each and every person. Lord, that even this week, the spiritual them is going to get stronger and stronger. Lord, as they look on the horizon and they see the things that you have for them. Father, we thank you for all these things and we just give you glory. And it's in your name we pray, Lord. Amen. Amen.